My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Conservative Daily. Uh, we have a very special show for you today. Uh, and so I don't want to waste any time getting into it. You have seen Scott Shara on this show before. Uh, Scott lost his beautiful daughter, Grace. Uh, and he came to find out through his research, which he's shared with us and uh, shares with all of us at ouramazinggrace.net. Uh, so I encourage you to go here uh, to this website. Do it right now. Do it after the show and make sure that you share it. We'll also be sharing with you some uh, some short videos, which you can also find on our social media already, uh, where that Scott has put together, which explains exactly what's going on. Uh, but his daughter was murdered, and we also have uh, another guest uh, right now, and that is Vera Sharav. Vera Sharav is a survivor of the Holocaust. She has spoken uh, several times in public, specifically relating to the Nuremberg Code, and it's a terrifying but a very necessary parallel that we make and that we talk about what's going on in our country because we are losing lives and it's time that we wake up to what some have called mass formation, some may call it brainwashing, uh, but either way it's up to us to end it and we need to do so now. So I want to bring on these uh, two amazing guests that we have, Scott and Vera, and uh, I'll let Scott tell a little bit of his story and introduce you to uh, Vera. And man, she has some fire in her, so uh both of you welcome thank you so much for joining us thanks apollo yeah so vera um she has been quite a motivation to me because she's been in this fight for decades i've only been in it for about 10 months so grace's one year anniversary of her death is coming up on october 13th uh last week thursday grace turned 20 and um you know, these are all milestones for us you know her death is still raw for us and uh, you know her story like you mentioned well documented so i'm not going to go through the story again people can check it out on her website but i do want to say one thing in honor of grace uh for her birthday and and um it was just about her so uh, we received a birthday card in the mail a few, a few of them but one i just wanted to point out this lady wrote when you spent time with the world felt lighter and you know that's what grace brought to the equation grace had uh she had a, a love for god that she just it gave her a peace and you know ultimately you know this is this is a scary time and, and you know in in the end you can't get peace by submitting to the fear that's for sure so uh 
that's my brief introduction. If you, if you have a question or you want me to explain a little bit more about Grace's case, I sure can, Apollo. Well, if you want to, uh, if you want to take a few seconds and just uh, remind everyone, I don't think it's necessary because we've had you on the show before. And again, I encourage everyone please go to ouramazinggrace.net and 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 learn everything that Scott has been tirelessly working on. Uh, but you know, she was murdered by the medical system. Uh, the reasoning for that is the most terrifying because this isn't you know an accident. This isn't another case of you know negligence or uh, you know. Uh, a bad drug combination that they gave out of error. Uh, this was what appears to be part of a protocol now that they have adopted. Um, but I, I want you, if you want to introduce that, go ahead. But I, I love that you mentioned fear. Uh, there was a, I asked you about earlier an interview that Matthias Desmet, uh, for those of you who have uh, heard the term, he was the one who authored the book on mass formation. And that's exactly what they're doing. And I think it's what they're doing now with this World War III. Uh, kind of narrative, but it's what they did with COVID is to instill so much fear in everybody that they will then give up their rights and accept any uh, solution that is then presented to them, no matter how horrible. And it's why I think we're seeing so many cases like what was done to Grace and other people and people are not rising up. Um, so it was, it was kind of a convoluted cl question, but go ahead, Scott. No, that's, that's right on. That's, uh, I'll open up with that because then I'll close with Grace is part of a population, uh, she had Down syndrome, and so she was disabled, and that will be a good segue to Vera explaining how the Holocaust started with, with the same population group. So, you know, Grace, you had said the word murdered, and I finally came to believe Grace was murdered in April, and what happened was is that opened up the door for me to think through what is really going on. You know, before that, I, I was investing all of my time in her records and figuring out you know, was she murdered? What actually happened? So she was given uh, meds that would have killed any one of us. And then the doctor put a DNR order on her without anybody's permission. So, I mean, that stuff is so egregious, you can't make it up. But, you know, what, so that turned to what is actually going on? And I'm going to go through some statistics right now that well, I think will shock most people. They won't shock you, Apollo, but they're gonna shock most people because you don't realize how this whole thing should be framed. So right now, the United States is number one in one statistic, and that is the number of deaths that have happened in the hospital related to COVID. And we are number one by over two times the number two. We're the only country on the planet that has over 1 million COVID deaths. We'll process that. We only have 30, 335 million people in the US. That's only 4.3% of the world's population. Yet we have the most deaths. The number two country is India. They have less than half. They only have a half million deaths. We're at 1.1 million. India has four times the population of the United States. And the United States has three times the landmass of India. So that makes no sense other than when you look at what so people would, when you hear those statistics, you gotta say, well, why? Well, the why is we're the only country that has as the protocol, and this is not even the protocol Grace was taken out on. I'm sharing Grace's story because the protocol Grace was taken out on is the standard of care in the UK. And it's not yet in the United States. The way they did it to Grace is illegal. But 
how they're legally killing people is with remdesivir and ventilators. Remdesivir has a 75% kill rate for three doses and more, and the standard mm -hmm. protocol is five doses. A ventilator has a 90% kill rate of people in the hospital, and the 10% the that walk out alive, most of them die in the first year. So that's the, that's the protocol being implemented by the United States, and it gets substantially worse than that. So you think, okay, well, the hospitals are following a dumb protocol. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious they're following a dumb protocol, but frame it in the fact that $5.6 trillion is the federal annual budget, $5.6 trillion. The United States paid two hospitals in the form of bonuses to kill people, $4 trillion in the first 22 months of COVID, $4 trillion paid to hospitals to kill people. Guess what the number one and number two population groups that were killed. You guessed it, the elderly and the disabled. Mm -hmm. The elderly and disabled happened to account for 2.2 trillion or 39% of the annual federal budget. So connect the dots. This financial piece, obviously that's not the real goal behind this. The real goal is population reduction, but they're using these as excuses with greasing the hospitals with money to be able to accomplish a goal that hardly anybody believes yet of course i grace died so that it would wake me up and boy am i i mean i'm woken up i'm not as woke up as vera yet but i mean i'm i'm getting there quickly well so now i want to go to you vera and uh again it's it's a pleasure to actually be able to speak to you after watching uh several of your speeches um but i mean you know first of all i'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself i know you have a couple websites but you speak a lot specifically about the nuremberg code and I think that's really, really important. So uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing and where you think that we are in history in this country. Well, first of all, yeah, I now am presented always as a Holocaust survivor. I was a little girl when we were deported from our home in Romania and uh, driven to a concentration camp in Ukraine where my father died. And he died of the infectious disease uh, typhus, which was rampant in all the concentration camps and ghettos. Uh, what is amazing to me now is that I have to now remember what happened then and how the Nazis accomplished what they did and see it sort of unraveling right here and now. And that's why I'm speaking out, because I know what I'm talking about. And I recognized the evil behind the COVID uh, restrictions and demeaning uh, kind of edicts that we have gone through in these last two and a half years. Now, as it turns out, and more and more of the evidence is tumbling out, not any of the restrictions, not any of the uh, edicts that we were ordered to live under had anything to do with protecting us from an infectious disease. It had absolutely nothing, not the masks, not the lockdowns, not the social distancing so-called, and certainly not the experimental injections that millions and millions of people are being injected with without knowing at all what's in them without them having been tested for safety and it didn't matter 
that they were released under President Trump. Operation Warp Speed mm-hmm. is his baby. He owns that. He's responsible for having signed off on that and unleashed these injections. And we need to understand that, yeah, it isn't this political party or the other political party. They're all corrupt now. They've all been corrupted. And what's happened in healthcare, in the hospitals that Scott is describing, this is mass murder. And the first victims, first medical victims in the world, actually, were German infants and children under the age of three. Okay, that was the very first victims that the government decided to get rid of them. These were disabled. And then it moved on to the older children who were disabled, then the mentally ill, all the asylums were cleaned out, and mm-hmm. finally the uh, nursing home residents. The program was called T4. It was absolutely medical murder to be rid of, they called them worthless eaters, and to get rid of the economic burden. Uh, at During that period, six hospitals were transformed into killing stations where they tested out various methods of medical murder, including cyclone being the gas that they ultimately used in the, in the death camps. So it was, you know, the Holocaust didn't happen just like that, you know, and, and it didn't begin in gas chambers. No, no, no. It went on. There were nine years during which the uh, the killing and first the ostracization. I mean, they ostracized Jews as the primary target, but we weren't the only ones, really. Others were too, but Jews were simply the first to be targeted for annihilation, and the intent was to annihilate all 11 million European Jews. Well, when we when we talk about, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. When uh, you know, we talk about some some of these programs. I mean, first of all, a lot of people don't realize that we had these in the in the United States as well. We had similar programs back in the 30s and 40s. Um, Some of them were actually referenced, uh, you know, under uh, under Hitler's Germany and some of the programs that they were rolling out. But this is not new, and this is what I think a lot of people. Uh, aren't really understanding about this and the parallels that you make about who they were targeting first are extremely important for people to to connect right now because when we saw this whole COVID agenda first of all they blew up the fear everything was about fear be afraid of a virus be afraid of killing your grandmother be afraid of uh, the children be afraid of the kids bringing it home it was nothing but fear propaganda the data showed quite the opposite in fact they completely turned medical science and going back to your point scott we're told to trust the science we're told that fauci is the science the united states is one of the most advanced countries in the world and yet we have the highest death rates if that's the science that we're supposed to trust number one we have a problem there something about our science clearly isn't working because here in the united states with all this technology and all this medical care why do we have such astronomically higher uh, casualties than in other countries who have relatively very little 
Number two, when they rolled out this, uh, this program, who did they go after? They went after and gave it to the elderly in the nursing homes, which I think is very likely because of an economic burden. After they've robbed and stolen everything in the so Social Security accounts, they've bankrupted the country printing all this money. And so they go after the elderly, who you could make an argument, are invalid because they have to be cared for. Those who are in nursing homes with dementia, uh, they were some of the first ones. And we have cases in Michigan and other states where that's exactly what they were doing. They were giving all of these people, uh, giving them these, these quote-unquote vaccines, which we now know are nothing less than lethal injections. And then they started going after the kids. And the hospital protocols that you have brought to light so well, Scott, uh, show that there's clearly two standards of care. And we saw that not only with uh, people with disabilities, for instance, but uh, you go into the hospital now and we have automatically a two-tiered medical system. Because if I went into a hospital six months ago, and even now very likely, and I say I'm vaccinated, then, oh, cool, they take you in, they'll give you the higher standard of care, everything's fine. As soon as you say you're not, I've spoken to many people who have been sent away with symptoms that could very well be life-threatening. And in a normal world, you would never send someone home. People coughing up blood, people having very serious problems, and they send them home and tell them basically to get bed rest because they weren't vaccinated. If that, if that doesn't, uh, doesn't have people's alarm bells ringing and make you wonder if the, if the agenda here is actually to save lives or, or even pretend to care for people's health, I don't know what else, what else you need. Well, I want to drill down just that statement because what what's neat about Vera and I doing this together is Vera has the historical perspective and then I'm bringing it to a live case with my daughter's death. So I want to just read a couple of statements from Grace's first day in the hospital. And this is literally right off the doctor's report. This is the COVID experts first day report. Now you got it. Grace had a great day the first day especially I mean, she was had multiple great days in a row but the first day was what i was expecting it just was a, like a vacation day with my best buddy and this is what he wrote uh he made two different references to the fact that we're christian uh she wrote he wrote that grace was not vaccinated in fact he wrote that uh, unfortunately i think the patient probably would not be here if she had been fully vaccinated uh, he referenced the fact that grace had down syndrome three times and referenced, this is his words exactly, they followed the frontline doctor's misinformation campaign and placed her on some ivermectin and vitamins and all that stuff. So you see the bias? I mean, it's, it's so obvious. And I mean, this is literally what's happening. I mean, if you, if you, um, Apollo, if you got in a car accident today and were transported to a hospital by ambulance where you're knocked out and they call your next of kin and say, and they ask them the standard questions about, you know, where do you go to church and are you vaccinated? You're a goner unless somebody is there right by your side protecting you. Well, and I think that's part of the reason that they've essentially uh, during this this new normal, this new standard of medical care, I think that's exactly why they had such an assault on patient advocates and on the family members. That's why I 100% believe that's why they did not want family members in there. That's why they use these policies to keep family members out because they knew that they would advocate for the rights and good treatment of the patients. If you take that out of the equation and you use all these uh, ridiculous uh, social distancing guidelines and uh, you know all the tactics that they were using to isolate the patient, 
then you can do whatever you want, especially when your protocol is to knock them out and render them unconscious so that you can do whatever you wish with them. Well, I just will add one thing, and then I know Vera, I'm sure, has something to say. That That's true with a big comma, and that assumes that you're not trusting the white coat. Because remember, I was in the room with Grace mm-hmm. as an advocate, and then my daughter Jessica was in the room as an advocate. But unfortunately, we still trusted the white coat. If we would not have trusted the white coat, Grace would be alive today. And that is critical. So just being an advocate is not enough. You have to go in as an advocate with the, with the perspective that they're going to attempt to take your loved one out. Then you've got the right mindset. I never had that mindset. Of course, I have it now, but I didn't have that mindset then. I wasn't awake. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, They're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, Between a massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country. And so, Vera, maybe if you can speak specifically, go and go ahead. I know you have a comment, but I mean, specifically going into the hospital with the assumption that they're going to try and kill your family member. That's a that's a really powerful statement. It is. And the proof of that is that they actually didn't allow even I know in some New York hospitals, they didn't allow family members to speak to their loved ones via the phone, not even in person, but by phone. They did not want the families to see the state in which they kept patients. Now, if that doesn't make you suspicious, I don't know really what would. So clearly it had nothing to do with infecting the healthy. It was simply to keep secret how they were essentially not treating and not uh, giving nutrition and eventually killing. You know, they, they, they don't just follow one line either. They're trying out different things just as the Nazis did. You know, well, really, you know- different hospitals and different. Now, for example, you know, 
I think it's important for people to understand this isn't out of stupidity or negligence. This is premeditated. Yeah. And one example, one egregious example that is irrefutable is in my own state of New York, then Governor Andrew Cuomo, before he gave the order to hospitals not to treat the elderly, he predicted this virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. And then he gave the order. But first, he gave immunity to both hospitals and nursing homes. He knew exactly what he was doing and he did it. I hold him responsible for at least 15,000 New Yorkers whose lives he crushed with that order. He's responsible, Gretchen Whitmer and all the other governor, governors who locked them up in nursing homes, who forced them to get vaccinated, who some of them wouldn't even take people into the facilities without the vaccines. I have, yeah. my grandparents are have uh, very bad dementia. Uh, that we were not allowed during this lockdown. And keep in mind, they, they need serious care. They cannot care for themselves at all. We were not allowed in there for almost two months straight. We went in there finally. Their nails were not cut. They were not changing their clothes. They were not bathing. They were not eating well enough. It, it, it was disgusting to see the disarray that the, the, again, the experts, the medical professionals had allowed them uh, to fall into. And uh, I'll bring up, you know, you mentioned premeditated. There, there's been, and I think maybe I heard you mention some of these things as well in another interview, Scott, but uh, what they do when they put them in the hospital, they put them on the ventilators, they give them these uh, drugs that suppress their breathing, that reduce organ function, they give them remdesivir, and then they don't eat. They don't let them eat. So you starve them and they give them all these IVs because uh, that's all. They have them on this liquid diet. They're quite literally creating the conditions that are perfect, number one, to hide the immediate effects of, for instance, remdesivir, which you know causes their organs to shut down, it affects the kidneys, and then they start to swell, so they don't give them any food. Uh, but then they give them these, these salt injections after giving them these things, and they're creating the perfect uh, scenario in the body to, to create the most casualties is the only, the only conclusion that I can arrive at. Well, you can't, I mean, you can't stomach it. And, you know, this is this, the question that comes up when, when I talk to people individually is, is well, how, you know, does it doesn't make sense to them how, how people even do this. You know, so you start talking with people individually, they think that you fell off the deep end. But what I attempt to do is, is to frame this as what's been going on for way longer than people. And this idea of reducing the population has been going on for decades. And the, the example I'll give you relative to grace, and then I'll give you another example with the elderly. So if you think through, so this didn't just happen with COVID. Hannah Arendt came up with the term banality of evil in studying the Adolf Eichmann trial. And banality means common, evil is common. So in the case of Down syndrome, Down syndrome as, as a gen defect 
um, which I don't think it's a defect at all, by the way. It's the syndrome is the love chromosome. But regardless of that, <laughs> it, Down syndrome has been eliminated in many, many countries. In the United States, 67% of Down syndrome children are murdered before they're born. So think through what happens. The young couple gets pregnant. They go see the doctor. He says, congratulations. Let's schedule your amniocentesis. They unwittingly go in for that test. If the test shows any disability, I'm focusing on Down syndrome here, the doctor recommends an abortion, they're guilt-free, that has become the standard of care for decades. So that is now the banality of evil relative to the disabled. With the elderly, when I was a kid, there were very few nursing homes. Um, the most common situation is, is children took care of their parents. That was the norm. Now the norm is if mom misses the mail one day, you send her to a dementia home. And you know, that's, you know, it doesn't mean there's not a place for those things. That's not what I'm saying, but that has become the standard of care. So now those two population groups come into the hospital and the young people taking care of them already have the banality of evil that they've believed in for decades. So what do you think, you know, so when these people are dying, you know, Grace was a useless eater. The elderly person has already lived their life. And the public fool system, to add a third leg to the banality of evil stool, the public fool system has trained out any critical thinking for these people. So they just blindly follow orders. And to think that that wouldn't happen, I'd encourage anybody listening to look up the Milgram obedience experiment. We have a link to it on Grace's mm -hmm. website. In 1963, two thirds of the people in that in that study would kill the the person for answering six questions wrong. That was in 1963. 59 years later, the moral fabric of our country is substantially worse than in 1963. So don't think that doctors and nurses will not kill somebody if they're given the directive by the administration. They are in fact doing it, and I can't scream it from the rooftops loud enough. Uh, the next target now that I'd like to mention, mm -hmm. which is something different, which had not been exactly uh, thought of by the Nazis, uh, are the babies, the infants. Yes. They are encouraging pregnant women and nursing women to vaccinate, to get the shot. These have never been tested on pregnant women, not even animals. And as a result, now they're beginning to get some studies out. There's a new one out from Israel, which examined the United States adverse event vaccine schedule, you know, that the FDA and CDC maintain. So this is a government database. They found 648 infants who were breastfed who had serious severe harm including death now if you go on the cdc website you will see how enthusiastically they encourage pregnant women and breastfeeding women to vaccinate why why this has never been done before you know it was always a absolute 
you do not expose pregnant women to new drugs or new vaccines or new anything. You let nature take its course. And now they're bombarded to take flu shot and to take the COVID shot. The result is piling up. I mean, there's also a very tiny study with 11 women, and this is published in the Journal of American Medical Association. Again, uh, it was only 11, and five of them, the babies, suffered. Well, I'm really glad that you brought that up. The, uh, I mean, they found in the Pfizer documents that they wanted yeah. to hide from the world for 75 years. I mean, just, just, just out of the gate, when a company who rolls out, uh, you know, these, these supposed, this miracle uh, that they rolled out in Operation Warp Speed, uh, completely untested technology on humans, never been done before. They rolled it out in record time. They're giving it to, to mass numbers of people on a scale that's never been done before for a medical intervention like this. Uh, and they want to hide the results of the safety studies, which we find out weren't really, you know, I wouldn't qualify them as safety studies anyways, that they want to hide them for nearly a, nearly a century. You, you should have some big questions there already. But then when we find out, the yeah. women who were in the study, they were having their breast milk was turning blue-green. So what is going on there? They're finding uh, uh, plastic components, polyethylene glycol in their breast milk. The mRNA is found in the breast milk within an hour after the vaccination. There's no safety studies for that. And then you find out that the safety studies they used to justify this was 44 rats? I mean, th come on. This is insanity. This is absolute insanity. Well, it's, it's really with malice of forethought. You cannot say that they didn't know that they made a mistake. And face it, the virus itself was not anything like what we were told either. The fear no. that instilled, you know, two and a half million Americans were going to die of the virus. Most of those who are attributed to have died from COVID didn't die from COVID. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, in 2021, there were no flu deaths. What happened every year? <laughs> yeah, right. They, miraculously, they disappeared. They cured simply, cancer for a couple months. Yeah, simply because they moved those and attributed it to mm -hmm. COVID. This was to maintain the state of fear. Look, it, some of the lies are just so blatant, so obvious that really, if people were more awake and not trusting. I don't know where, what happened to Americans in particular. Americans used to be very much a me do it myself. We are better than everybody. We know what to do. We know. And now suddenly meek, meek as meek could be following Fauci. By the way, hospitals weren't the only ones who made a lot of money during this COVID period. Fauci's um, financials were finally mm -hmm. put out. And guess what? During these two years, he added $5 million to his personal wealth. Imagine Gee. that. Yeah. What How a lucky day. That? How about that? And that's only, after all, a government bureaucrat. You can imagine what the big oligarchs, how much 
money they've been shoveling in as small businesses all across the country were shut down. Well, and that's just insult to injury because, you know, they shut down with, again, using completely fake reasoning, completely uh, nonsense studies, fake case numbers, fake infection rates, fake PCR tests. They locked everyone down. They destroyed the economy here in America. They ruined uh, the livelihoods of millions of people, destroyed small businesses. The only ones who had a field day were big box stores and companies like Amazon. And so then when you find out finally that the, the guy was making millions of dollars, not even touching the billions that the pharmaceutical companies have made, it's just insult to injury. I mean, so, all right, you can't claim negligence because we know that you're doing this, you know, knowing exactly what was going to happen. We know that you knew they were unsafe. We knew that you knew it wasn't going to work. We knew that the whole justification was it uh, for the shutdown and for this rollout was nonsense from the beginning and just bailed out the pharmaceutical companies. And we paid for it with taxpayer money as well. But on top of that, you're making money off of murdering us all? Yeah. It is murder for hire. But I'm going to really quickly do an ad read. Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you're in a rural area, it's hard to reach. Or if you like to hike or you, you frankly, if you spend a lot of time on the road, health insurance won't always cover you at the cost of an, America, or excuse me, an emergency medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. But with Air Medcare Network, you're covered. For as little as $85 a year, your whole household will be covered. There are no deductibles in case you ever need to be air medically transported. There's also a secondary one that if you are in a different state, they can fly you back uh, to the state so you don't have a, as heavy a burden on your family getting to you. So if you use promo code daily um, and you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you'll receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I've been a member for the last year and a half. So go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. So I want to go, if you don't mind, I have a... I have a couple short clips. Um, I mentioned Matthias Desmond, and he, he wrote this this book on mass formation. Uh, so if it's all right with you two, I want to play a couple uh, a couple short clips from that interview, and I want to make sure that we touch on your website. Before we do that, though, uh, I do want to uh, Scott. I just I love these pictures every time that I, I go to this website. You mentioned the uh, the love gene, <laughs> and uh, just every picture that you sent me the videos of her uh everything about grace just screamed love uh, i know we played uh i think it was the first time you were on that uh her singing the elvis uh and it just she just radiates love she she really does so i uh i just want to bring that up because you know we have this institutional force that seems to want us to consider like they did you know in nazi germany they the untermenschen the, the these lesser people these uh, useless eaters and i i think that we've been convinced through this really dark psychology in this medical establishment that we should see uh we should see only something as lesser instead of seeing the blessings that so many people have i mean it's uh it's just something that i really hope everyone uh remembers after this interview and especially if you if you go and look on scott's website uh, if you, you see some of the content of grace, you understand uh, how many other people uh, have these disabilities. I used to work with someone that I used to do water therapy uh, with severely autistic children. And they're the most sweet individuals on the, the face of the earth. Uh, and many, they have such blessings. I know you've spoken about that too, uh, Scott. But I, I just think it's really important that we, we remember who we are as people and what we stand for. 
especially uh, knowing everything that we do now. Uh, but if it's all right with you, I want to play a, a short clip, and then I'll I'll uh, ask you guys to comment on it. Sounds good. To understand that what we were dealing with was a large-scale process of mass formation, which is like a kind of group formation, which has a very which has some very strange effects at the level of individual psychological functioning. The most important being probably that people who are in the grip of such a process in one way or another, lose all capacity to take a critical distance of what the group believes in, and this can go extremely far, like during the revolution in Iran in 1979, um, which was a large-scale process of mass formation in Iran, people started to believe that the portrait of the Ayatollah, whom they considered, considered a leader, was printed on the surface of the moon. And when there was a full moon in the sky, it typically were standing in the streets showing each other where exactly you could see the portrait of the Ayatollah. That's the first strange effect at the level of individual psychological functioning of a process of mass formation. Of course, the level of education doesn't play any role, even not the intelligence. Even more, the higher the level of education, the easier, the more vulnerable people are for mass formation. And so, first of all, I just I want to point out it's very it's shocking to me. He mentions uh, the exact same process happening in Nazi Germany, but I mean, what better comparison do you have? You have people believing that uh, there's a painting on the moon of you know their leader, and now we have people who are running, as you mentioned, I think, uh, uh, you know, Vera, someone who is paralyzed, I mean, completely destroyed, and yet they would still do it again. Well. There are two ingredients which are cut across, really, and that is really fear. You've got to get people to be in constant panic, terrified, so that they will listen and obey instructions from above. Once you have that, they are in a grip. I mean, I wouldn't call it mass formation. That's just a term. It doesn't, you know, the the, the, uh, method and, and the phenomena has been practiced before and it's just now there is another aspect to it and and that's really the media and the internet where people are now constantly under barrage you know before in nazi germany it was mainly the radio Mm -hmm. uh, and newspapers but you didn't have the internet you didn't have television now if if you go on every one of the mainstream media, you will hear the same message over and over and over again. At that time, it was Derbels who did it through on the radio. So you now get to a much larger population globally and this constant 24 hours a day. So you're being hammered all the time It gets reinforced, the same lies get reinforced, and you lose your ability and your, uh, you don't have anymore, you don't believe that you can make a decision by yourself. You don't trust yourself, you're trusting authority. And when you think about really when Fauci said, I am the science, if somebody says something against me, they're talking against science. The fact that that just went over is kind of a normal thing. I mean, what kind of megalomania is that? (laughs) And yet we're expected to believe it. And he got prizes. Now think about that too. 
very, you know, um, prestigious prizes, including a million dollars. I mean, doesn't go for nothing. Yeah, from Israel, no less. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, this helps to uh, inculcate that this is the new reality. Yeah, you may not understand it, but you have to follow it because this is how it is. And I want to I want to actually ask you about that. You said some very important things there. The constant repetition, the constant lies, and even when they continue to shift, you know, the uh, Matthias Desmond mentioned that the the most educated are the most acceptable to this. I think that's very important in the context of academia as well as legal because we seem to there's this complete absence it almost seems like of doctors and healthcare professionals being willing to speak up and say, "Yeah, I'm watching people die. This doesn't make sense. We're we're killing people." Uh, but can you tell us about the that kind of brainwashing and what, what was actually done during that time yeah. with the propaganda? Well, what has ha happened even more so now, and Germany at that time was very, the most advanced country, okay, uh, in, in medicine and, and uh, culture. But you see, what education has turned out to be is indoctrination. And so when he says, and he's correct, I, I observe it very strongly that the more time that someone spent at a university, in other words, the more degrees they have, the worse they are at being able to separate and think clearly for themselves. That is a major, major breakdown of what education was supposed to be. Nobody is encouraged to critically think and evaluate and trust their own judgment. Instead, they're taught to bow down to authority. The experts say that everybody, mm -hmm. you know, you here on the, on the uh, mainstream media where they're always referring, oh, experts say, expert, this expert, you know, and that it, it's a drapery of, you know, of giving it like the, the uh, symbol of you have to listen to them because they know better. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what a, a responsible human being who has been given, you know, God-given free choice. Free choice. Free choice means you have to make up your own mind and you have to do due diligence and you have to make decisions. You don't defer to others. That's a cop-out, really. To defer to others to decide what you put in your body and in your children's body, that's outrageous. That is really being irresponsible. And that's what people are willing to do now. They feel that it's great that the burden has been taken off their shoulders and the authorities, government. I'm reminded, you know, of one thing that Ronald Reagan said. The four... <laughs> most terrifying words in the English language, and we're from the government, and we're here to we're help. help. Yeah. <laughs> and here we see it grow out in, you know, in really, really the most drastic ways. Uh, and we are influencing the rest of the world. We have to understand that the United States now really is the major, the major player, uh, global player and we influence the world and the others have fallen in line with the same brainwashing just different languages but really one thing the same this is very 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 disturbing 
Vera does a fantastic job of framing this, these these arguments on the big picture. And because I own a business, I want to just give you the practical. So I had mentioned, I don't like this term mass psychosis because the people using it seem to be promoting it as a cause. And I see it as a symptom. I see it as a symptom of the public fool system under a totalitarian um, regime that has been systematically working towards this for decades. So when I get these young people coming into my business, they literally cannot think. And why can't they think? It's because their teachers are constantly reminding them of assignments being due. When they turn in a late assignment, they get no consequences. Um, all the assignments get graded A or B. Nobody can flunk. They all get a trophy for graduating from kindergarten. Ridiculous. So no consequence for choice. You now, as Vera said, the motion they have, the worst they have to be, I would like to hire a college grad. I don't even want a college grad anymore. I'd rather have, I'd rather have somebody in second grade. Oh, I agree with you. It's it's actually funny. I have a, a friend that I went to high school with. He he works for a big automotive company, and uh, he gets all the like the University of Michigan. He's in Michigan, and he'll say if he gets applications from the University of Michigan, which is supposed to be a very pre- prestigious school, tier one university, and uh, very expensive. And he goes, if I get someone who applies and they have a U of M. Uh, you know, they, they have U of M experience. They come from U of M, graduated there. I throw their application in the trash because they, they have no experience. They have no real-world applicable skills, and they come in there completely brainwashed and think that uh, that they're special. And and exactly what you said, they, they don't have any critical thinking skills anymore. It, it, it blows my mind. People I even know uh, personally who I went to school with when I was younger, they come out of these universities, and I don't know what happens to them. Because they come out and they, they, they suddenly can't think anymore. They, they can't look at any of the things that are going on around them and, and understand that it's wrong or understand that, uh, you know, why, why does the story keep changing? Why am I just going along with this behavior without even questioning those basic premises upon which they are based? It's, it's really frightening. Well, part of, well, on top is- of that, the professors all start at a hundred thousand dollar base salary as their you know their first day on the job <laughs> go ahead <Vera. laughs> uh, one of the problems is that what is inculcated in young children and it goes on through universities and higher degrees which is essentially they're taught to re <laughs> regurgitate what they're told what the teacher told them that's how you get an A in the test, not by your own problem solving, but the, that you follow exactly the way the teacher taught it. That's wrong. And so they mm-hmm. are from, really, from kindergarten on, they are being encouraged to repeat what the elder, the teacher, you know, the authority told them. Uh, and this goes on throughout. Now, it Medicine is particularly uh, amenable to this, to uh, the higher the level of the professor, the more that you have to really follow their thinking. And once you no longer have to make up your own mind, you don't practice thinking critically anymore. And so you lose that gift which you had to begin with. 
You don't trust yourself. That's what happens. And that's a terrible thing to be discouraged yeah. from trusting your own judgment, your own gut. And more goes into real decision making than facts. There's such mm -hmm. a thing as intuition, there's such a thing as experience. And we each have different experiences, so that we bring, usually that would be the thing you bring to the table. But no, you're discouraged from doing that. You're supposed to do the uniform thing. Well, so first of all, what you said, Scott, is really on point because you know you mentioned that like they have the participation awards no one can fail no one can come in second place and i mean it's true for everyone but it's especially hard on young boys uh because you know they're, they're more competitive but everyone boys girls students they're they're having any competitive environment any competitive drive it's all completely uh it's robbed of them and that is the very thing that urges someone to want to be better to want to uh, to want to excel, to reach for some of these prestigious things. And number two, we talk about intelligence, what you just said, Vera. Being smart does not mean, in, it's not intelligence. Intellect is not intelligence. It, intellect is, okay, maybe you can, you're really good with words and you can do some of those rote things. Like w when you mentioned the medical establishment especially, what do they do? They isolate them. They have them working incredibly long hours, especially on rotations and with all the studying. It's all rote. Uh, memorization and repetition they don't have them really think critically it's all about memorizing protocols and uh, all these numbers they're not actually learning to treat patients as individuals and they sit there under fluorescent lights they never go outside they have them eating garbage food and they're essentially it's brainwashing it's like textbook conditions if you wanted to to brainwash someone and remove their critical thinking with sleep deprivation etc cetera, etc cetera. but intelligence is taking intellect and then gents and their root words and essentially intelligence is being able to create something that's what that second uh you know part of, of intelligence actually means is creative thought being able to bring new things into the world and and move in in oblique ways and that's not how people are taught to think anymore problem solving problem solving, problem solving. that's why trade people plumbers think they maintain their ability to think yeah. Plumbers. Well, you should have been a plumber because <laughs> you you clearly do that. <laughs> Electricians, truckers, they have to know how to decide which road is better. They're not being given everything on the plate to just follow the protocol, which is how doctors now function. They follow the guidelines and they're not allowed to veer away from the guidelines. Yeah, I don't know how much longer we have you, Vera. I want to make sure that we get to your websites as well, and we'll go back to yours, Scott. But you have two websites. One I think is really important. We've talked about the Nuremberg uh, Code, we, I mean, which is so clearly and obviously being violated in the most monstrously evil way. Um, but I want to put this up, Nuremberg, uh, excuse Nuremberg me, Nuremberg75.com. Uh, so can, can you tell us about this website? Yes, we formed it really right after the 75th anniversary of the Nuremberg Code where I attended in Nuremberg, Germany. And what we realized is that very few people really know what's in the Nuremberg Code and how they can use it as a defense, a legal and moral defense to protect themselves uh, and their families and to get lawyers to use it more often. 
it has been used in the United States in federal court and it's it stands it is part of the international legal code as well it just it, the fact is that not enough lawyers have used it in courts and if they do you'd be surprised you can't go the Nuremberg code was formulated and adopted after the doctor's Nazi trial in 1947 and it was put together by American jurists and the purpose was to ensure that never again would the medical profession engage in abhorrent medical experiments and medical uh, interventions. It was for future generations to prevent such things from happening again. And because COVID is actually the grossest violation of every aspect, every principle of the Nuremberg Code. And so we need to hold all those who have put all this upon us responsible. And eventually I hope that will happen in another Nuremberg tribunal, which means this was the only time that doctors were actually held accountable. Very few of them to be sure, but mm -hmm. it set a precedent, a legal and moral precedent. It is extremely important. And they, by violating the Nuremberg principles, which begins with first, you know, the voluntary informed consent of the human subject, absolutely essential. There's no if buts. The Nuremberg Code also is, it stands as the moral and legal law during peacetime and wartime, which means just because you declare an emergency, no, it does not suspend the Nuremberg Code. This is very important for when we do get to the point where we hold some people responsible. So we put that out and it's you can download it in 11 languages as a PDF, study it and use it when doctors try to force you to do something against your will. And one of you know I want to want to mention as well too. You mentioned I think it was I think it was uh, another interview that you've done in the last week um, about what happened under the Nazis. That I mean w we know right now that we have a lot of people who are complying and who did comply, which is why we're in this situation now, two years later, after all of this nonsense uh, you know started um, or started at least on the surface where where everyone could see what they were trying to do. But you mentioned that resistance and compliance were both met with the same fate uh, under the Nazi regime. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, during the Nazi regime, uh, resistance was very, very sparse. And those that did resist were thrown into concentration camps. Okay? This is different now. There are no concentration camps yet. Mm-hmm. Although Australia and Canada already, we had some in instances where people were against their will put into these quarantine camps, which, you know, if you were in a concentration camp, you recognize what it is. Uh, but so there are actually, there are thousands of doctors and scientists across the globe, many, many in the United States and Europe who are resisting. now. They are paying a price. Many have lost their licenses. They, they've been trashed. They've been maligned in vicious, vicious ways. 
But nevertheless, they realize that it is extremely important to protest and to set an example for others because it is only compliance, obedience that gives the other side power. They have no power without our obedience. And we are seven and a half, more than seven and a half billion. They want to reduce the global population by 90% actually. Uh, but they are really few. And unless people obey, they have no power. People don't understand that we really have the control if we take it. And that's very, very important. Unfortunately, you know, as we know, in the United States and the same thing in Europe, elections have been fudged around. A lot of things, a lot of our system of checks and balances is not working. It's dysfunctional because of the corruption. Government and big industry joint partnerships. This was something that Dwight Eisenhower in his very last speech to the American public warned against. He warned against a technological elite that would be deciding our fate, our policies. He warned against it and unfortunately he wasn't heeded. And that's where we are now. We are being controlled by a technological corporate elite. Amen. And they are, they make it very clear exactly what they want to do to us. And uh, to the same point, Scott, I know you mentioned, uh, and I'll put up your website again too, and I know I want to mention uh, org, but the, the disgusting acts and the policies that led to Grace's death, um, in, in some ways she's, she's kind of a canary in the coal mine, uh, and she's, we're lucky that she had a, a father like you, and there are people who are uh, willing to speak out and to just find the truth and to share the truth and wake people up. But the circumstances surrounding Grace Desser are not unusual. This is happening to many, many people. Uh, and I think that p some people don't understand that. So if, if you want to maybe speak to that for a moment, I think it's important for people to know it's not just a one-time thing. This wasn't an outlier. That's fantastic. I, I do miss that in a few interviews, and I, I'm glad you brought it up at the end because it's it's critical. Uh, a, a topic that Vera and I talked about after one of the interviews is to make sure that we emphasize that you're next. So Grace's story is not an anomaly. We've had thousands of people reach out to us. You're next. And the reason we say that is because the unvaccinated are the control group. So the people watching shows like this are relatively woken up. But I want to just go through a couple of specifics with Grace's case. I mean, when Grace first died, I thought it was an anomaly also. And now we've gotten thousands of people who have reached out to us. Uh, 66 different stories are posted on Grace's website. Uh, many that are not even the disabled, but many Down syndrome situations. I mean, we've getting, we're getting stories and people contacting us uh, literally every other day at least. And so Grace's story is not an anomaly. And what they did in order to pull this off, medical malpractice is the third leading cause of death in the United States. In order for mm -hmm. them to pull this off, this was not medical malpractice. The med combination that they gave Grace had to be ordered by a doctor, signed off by the pharmacist, 
the alarm had to be overridden, the hospital alarm, because the three meds are contraindicated. And the nurse who gave Grace the meds had 14 years of ICU experience. That combination of meds in 29 minutes would have killed anybody. So you can't see it as any other way than premeditated. Then, then to make sure that they could finish the job, they put an illegal DNR on Grace. So those details, I'd, I'm glad you're asking, Apollo. Thank you. Of course, I listen to, to your interviews as much as, uh, as much as I can, and I think it's really important that that point is made. Uh, you know, you're on a crusade, really, to, to bring the truth about what's happening, but it's not just uh, about grace. Uh, it's, it's about a lot of other people, and I, I, I think it's really important to, to highlight that fact because your mission is a lot bigger, uh, you know, than losing a daughter, as awful as that is. Uh, this, is a, this is really a fight for lives all over the nation. So I, I wanted to make sure that we, we made that point. Thank you very much. That's right on. And uh, Vera, I know you have another website, which is ahrp.org. Uh, can you speak about that as well? Yes. Well, that website is many years. It has information, packed information, many years back. And some of it has to do, most of it has to do with unethical medical experiments and unethical practice. Uh, for a long time, we uh, focused on psychiatric uh, maltreatment, and it got to be younger and younger children. Uh, and uh, many of the practices that began with, with psychiatry then shifted over to uh, vaccines, especially how the, ch the children's vaccine schedule, it just, you know, ballooned. It's now something like 78 different uh, vaccines that children under the age of 18 are exposed it's to. It's unbelievable. It, it just really. Part of it is, look, it is an extremely profitable business. The government pays you. The government uh, forces children to be vaccinated. They can't go to school if they're not. And so you have this perfect horrible mixture uh and they practiced all that and really the COVID is the culmination of a lot of what went on for several decades the the fact that children today are not healthier than they were in the 1950s should should have awoken parents to realize something is wrong but instead again they have been obedient. And so this was inculcated for many decades. And COVID was really the global launching pad uh, of what had been practiced, you know, on a smaller scale before. And it's, I think, one of the things that I really want to emphasize to people is to understand that Nazi does not equate only with German. Nazi is a state of mind. It's, it's evil. It's an absolute evil. And most people find it very hard to believe that people can be that evil. We are now faced with the truth, which is really before us. If we look at the evidence, the fallout from this two and a half years of COVID and the experimental injections whose ingredients are still secret 
Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's part of a violation of the Nuremberg Code. We are supposed to be told exactly what's in an experimental product, what the purpose of uh, of testing the experimental product. We're supposed to be given every detail, both what is known and what might be expected. And none of that, all of that has been violated. Uh, this is, again, it behooves people to do some of their own uh, gathering of information. And I think the first thing, if they read the Nuremberg Code, and they will understand every word because it's written for everyone to understand. It's not written in, in language that is foreign. Very, very direct information, very direct uh, terminology. We talk about experiment, and not study, which is people are being asked to participate in a study. No, when you are being subjected to an experiment, you are a human subject. We, are the, we are the studies. And, you know, in, if people knew that they were human subjects in an experiment, in a medical experiment, they might say, hey, wait a minute. That's why they use other kind of language to essentially to deceive. Everything about COVID, every aspect that we have been told we must do has been deception. It's been mm-hmm. all lies. None of it holds up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to point out to everyone that, so one thing that I thought was particularly important in that, in that interview with Matthias Desmond is that he said there was always a small minority that actually stood up, that was actually vocal, and there was typically what you'd see is maybe 60% of the people were not actually brainwashed, right? Were not actually sold out to this, uh, to this propaganda. It was typically maybe 30%. Uh, give or take, and they were the ones who were really just all all in. They, you know, absorbed everything. They believe it 100%. A majority, around 60%, actually didn't buy it, but they just didn't say anything. They just kind of went along to get along. And the small minority, which was typically always very small, maybe 5%, they were the only ones who actively spoke out. But as long as there was that minority, it typically wouldn't go to the next stage. So it's very, very important that people like you, Vera, like Scott, that we honor those people and we take up that mantle. We have to continue to speak. We have to continue to hammer this down, that this is wrong, this is evil, this cannot continue, because as soon as that happens, it's going to go to the next stage. And the urgency is even more so because the stage that we're already at, it's unfathomably destructive and monstrously evil. What they have already done, if we go to a next stage, God help us all. Because the stage that we are in right now is already so, is already such an affront to lives, to humanity, and has already destroyed so many people and ended in the, uh, in the murder of so many people. So, I just I want to I, I want everyone listening. Make sure you go to Vera's websites. Go to Scott's website. Uh, she has Nuremberg75.com. That's N-U-R-E-M-B-E-R-G-75.com. A-H-R-P.org. And, uh, of course, ouramazinggrace.net, uh, where Scott has a, a massive amount of information. And you can see, uh, I mean, he has a timeline written out exactly what happened to Grace. If you, if you want to know the direction and the leadership that our medical system is taking, 
you just need to go uh, to that website, uh, and you can you can see exactly what happened. But both of you, I want to thank you so much for taking your time. I'll give you both a, a final word, and then I'd like to pray with you uh, before we end the show. Vera, do you want to go first? All right, Matter. Thank you very much for inviting us. I hope that people will reconsider being obedient. Uh, obedience is really something you, you really do, should do very rarely and only with somebody you really, really trust. Uh, unfortunately, that used to be how, how we looked at doctors. We looked at doctors, we trust doctors because we thought that they were sworn to first do no harm and that they abided by that. Today, doctors who have become government agents or agents within a big hospital, they are no longer, they are no longer honoring first do no harm. They are government agents. No more cause for trusting them. Absolutely. Yeah, our obedience should be to God and for and obedience to our duty to protect our children. Well, Scott, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's right on. Paolo, I'd like to just say first, you knocked it out of the park. So thank you. And thanks for having us on. You, what I would add to what Vera said is time is urgent. And I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, that's why I am working every single day on this this opportunity to get this word out. We have a limited amount of time, and I do believe it's important to emphasize that in that time, you have to get right with God. If you're not, now is the time. And once you're right with God, it's painfully obvious what you should be doing. You know, so to be to not fall trapped to these mandates, of course, that should be automatic. But it, you know, you're you're completely blind to that if you're not right with Him first. So that's what I want to add to what Vera said. And thanks for having us both. It's my pleasure. Believe me. Uh, I, I always leave an interview with my heart full when I get to to have you on, Scott. And uh, same is definitely true of you. So uh, I know I know we've kept you a little bit over. I want to pray and let you both uh, get on with your busy day because I know you're tirelessly working on this. Uh, so, Father God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you earnestly. Thank you with all my heart for the blessing that we have in Scott Shara and Vera Sharav. I want to thank you for their voices. Thank you for using their experience, for coming out, for speaking up. I want to pray that their message reaches every man, woman, and child in America. I pray that this message is broadcast and received in the hearts of everyone all over the world. We are witnessing such a great evil, but we are able to continue to move on with the beautiful memories we have of amazing souls like Grace, those who have endured, who have persevered and continue to choose to look to you. I just pray that there is a mass awakening and I pray that it happens in an instant. I pray that you will just awaken the hearts like a lightning strike. Just please let those in the medical community, let them see the harm that is being done. Let the brainwashing break. May it all be wiped away. May they have the spirit. May that majority, that 50, 60%, whatever it is, may they all have the courage and the wherewithal and the urgency to speak out now. Let them drop any 
these shackles of fear. Let them let go of any attachment to, uh, to acceptance. Let them be unafraid of being called names, of, of being viewed as, as crazy. Let, let them see the urgency with which they need to speak up. Let them act now. Stand with us so that we can end this nightmare, so that we can end this assault on humanity. We have seen so many atrocities throughout history. Vera is an amazing soul who has shared many of the lessons that we should have learned and that people should have learned before that. May we act on those lessons now. I just pray that, Father God, I, I pray that this comes soon and soon. Please, let us save our children. Let us help those who have been harmed by this. Let us honor the memory of those who have lost their lives to this agenda. Please may the information that Vera and Scott put together, may the work that they've put together on their website, may it be a light that people can go to just as they are so that they can be awakened and they can be activated to take action, to get vocal, to get involved. And I pray that we do so now. We are grateful for warriors like them. We are grateful for the opportunities we have. We are grateful for this platform. Just let us, let us retake our country in peace and let us stop any atrocity like this from happening. I pray these things humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray these uh, for uh, all those all over the world, all those of any faith, those here in the United States, in, uh, in Germany, in Australia, in Korea, in Russia, no matter what color, what creed, what faith, what age people are, I just pray that we all, we all follow our higher calling and we do what is right and we do what is right for this earth and for our children. Amen. Thanks, Apollo. So one more time, everyone, please go to ouramazinggrace.net uh, for Scott Shar's information. This is all going. This is all in the descriptions as well, and we'll be sharing some more information. Vera, uh, go to Nuremberg seventy five. That's N U R E M B E R G seventy five dot com and a h r p dot org. Uh, make use of that information. Download the Nuremberg code. Share that. Uh, get familiar with the state that we're in, and our obligation to do something. Vera and Scott, God bless you both. Thank you so much for taking your time and joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Apollo. Bye. You got it. All right, guys. It's your job to share this. It is your job to share this now. It is your job. If you uh, if you tuned out for some parts of this interview, go listen to it again. Go to those websites. We have an obligation now. This is far, far, far past the point where we can stay silent, where we can pretend like we can just wait for it to all end. If there's a plan, you're part of it. And being a part of it means you need to act. So share this information. It's time to get involved, get active. If you know people who know what's going on, they're not speaking up, time to shake them up a little bit. And if you're one of those people, I'll call on you right now. It's time to get vocal. It's time to get in the gap. And it's time to, uh, it's time to take our country back. The future of humanity is at stake. And one more child lost is on us. One more live lost is someone who's injected with a vaccine which is not a vaccine with these lethal injections. Every injection now should be met with one of two outcomes. It should be considered premeditated murder or attempted murder. 
So thank you for staying with us. I know we little we went a little bit over. God bless you all. God bless America. Make sure you follow Scott and Vera, and we'll see you next time. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.